Welcome to Acquisitions Anonymous, the internet's number one podcast doing case studies of businesses for sale. And we use that to talk a lot about how to think about business and how to do business better, especially on the small business side. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Michael Gridley. Uh, today's episode super fun. Uh, we went through and we found a half million dollar uh, blog that uh, is located out of Israel that focuses on baking, and it makes $170,000 a year, plus or minus in profits, uh, and the people are selling it. And we went really deep into it to think about who's the right buyer for this. Should you buy it? Uh, should I buy it? Uh, the short answer to that is no, I should not buy this. Uh, and then we went deep into that and some other stuff. So I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, and here is the episode. Today's sponsor is Acquira.com. And Acquira is your acquisition in a box service. They offer training to help you find, evaluate, and close on buying a small business, all usually done within a year. And their team has bought over 30 businesses across three different portfolios. So whether you're just beginning your business search, actively pursuing a specific deal, or looking to grow your existing company, Acquira's training and team of experts can help. Their M&A advisors provide individualized support throughout the entire process. They will provide guidance towards your offer structure, drafting your LOI, helping with due diligence planning, and securing funding for your deal. They will even fly out and do on-site visits with you as you look at the business to consider. Once you acquire your business, they can also help you grow it as well. They use a proprietary framework called the ACE framework that will help you transition that business you buy from owner-operated to management-led, increasing your profits and allow you to step away from the daily operations and enjoy more of what you love. And if more of what you love is buying and growing more businesses, they can help you build a portfolio of businesses and eventually get liquidity from that portfolio by selling it to a financial buyer or selling it to your employees. They run cohorts each month, so space is limited. So if you're looking to acquire a cash flowing business this year, sign up now at acquira.com slash pod hyphen lander. And again, that's acquira, A-C-Q-U-I-R-A.com slash pod hyphen lander. And tell them that the Acquisitions Anonymous folks sent you. Mills, happy Friday, buddy. Are you impressed with my new lighting? It's so uh, mysterious and ominous. Do I? Do I, do I seem very dramatic to you? Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm waiting on you to drop some like, it looks like a Masterclass video is what it looks like. The Masterclass does some serious like, here, I'll turn on some lighting in the background so you Whoa. can get different colors. But uh, yeah, like, do I look like I'm, yeah. <laughs> this looks uh, like I'll a thriller. Because we're going to, yeah. It's <laughs> just something cool. All right. Uh, yeah, well, Masterclass does very dramatic lighting because they want you to feel like there's like magnitude from, you know, whoever teaching you, you know, yeah, Bob Gordon, Iger. Gordon, whatever his name, teaching you how to scramble eggs, <laughs> which literally that's one of the classes on there. I'm yeah. like, I paid 300 bucks to learn how to scramble eggs. Like I know how to do that. Right? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> but anyway, it's good to see you. Beard looking fierce. I knew it would come back, uh, but you got a deal for us to talk through. Yeah. Yeah. This one's kind of fun. We, uh, I saw this. We haven't talked about anything like this. Let me screen share real quick. There we go. All right, so this is we haven't done a deal like this. This is a food blog, a nine-year-old food blog with 500 posts and multiple traffic sources. Just got listed uh, this week from Quiet Light, and uh, it's a content site. So, quick overview financially: doing 165,000 in revenue, 158,000 in earnings. And they're asking $520,000 for it. So uh, they say there's a content library. It's a WordPress blog that was launched in 2013, which, you know, for blogs, that's some impressive staying power. 
They have over 500 pieces of content driving 68% of the total traffic via organic search rankings. I don't know if these are recipes or, you know, what it might be, but uh, they say on social media, they have 10,000 followers on Facebook and 60,000 followers on Pinterest. They have an email list uh, that they use MailerLite for with 4,800 email addresses, uh, subscribers. The owner has done minimal sponsored content work, only occasionally working with a few inbound requests. This work could be ramped up by a new owner that wants to drive more revenue via this channel. So that'd be like, you know, hey, Oatly wants to sponsor a recipe or maybe something like that. Um, Growth opportunities. They've identified multiple additional growth opportunities to create and update more content, scale up video content creation, create more U.S. oriented content. So Maybe that says that most of their revenue comes from uh, international sources and also increase the ad density on Ad Thrive and more. Uh, let's see. They have over 7.5 million page views in the last 12 months. That feels like a lot. Uh, bulk of those coming from organic search. In the middle of last year, the owner attempted to hire an employee to take on her workload, but they did not work out and were recently let go. So, Maybe some growing pains trying to figure out how to be an absentee owner, but uh, that did not pan out. They also, uh, it seems like probably owner centric because they're saying the owner has created the bulk of the content over the years with the exception of a virtual assistant who's no longer in the business and also the recently hired employee who didn't work out. They uh, used to spend 20 hours a week working on the blog, but they haven't been spending that much time on the business due to raising a young family. Oh, the owner is based in Israel, started this business before having kids and is looking to exit due to time constraints. It's with Quiet Light, a guy named Chris Guthrie. What do you guys think? Hey, Bill. Hello. I'm in late, but I couldn't miss this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bill's like, did somebody uh, say food blog? Count me in. Did someone say online business? I cannot miss it. <laughs> what I what I do love about Quiet Light is when they refer to themselves as the broker. And I don't know if it's in the version. That you, you look at the email down at the bottom. It says, this listing has been artfully prepared by Chris Guthrie, Ooh, advisor. Yeah. Like, advisor, not broker. Like, okay, advisor. guys, like, uh-huh. <laughs> like uh, yeah, like artfully prepared. Thank you. You know, so, it's like the Sistine Chapel of of, uh, of business listing. I actually Bill, you do know this to, guy. I do. I know this guy. Yeah, I, I know this guy. Christmas in, cards? Uh, yeah, so I actually have a, great relationship with quiet light they are in my opinion one of the best brokers in this whole digital space um the the thing interestingly that makes them one of the best brokers and i really don't think this comes through in all of their marketing and they should do a way better job of this they do not take on scammy businesses at all um there are a ton of scammy businesses on the internet like there are a ton of no (laughs) it's all legit so like and and that is like when you're buying an online business, like your primary diligence item is, is this a whole, is this whole thing a scam, right? Like, did they like, let's take this food blog. Like, did they spin this up, you know, two years ago, obviously I know this one's older, but did they spin this up two years ago? Did they buy a bunch of bot traffic to the website? Did they buy a bunch of followers on social media uh, and write a bunch of AI generated content and they're trying to flip it off on you? You know, and it's going to get crushed by a Google update as soon as Google figure out, figures out what's going on. Like there is such high scam risk in buying an online business. And that is actually why I really love Quiet Light because they have extremely high ethics and they just don't take those listings. There are other online business brokers that I know of that take those listings all day long um, who shall not be named. 
uh, unless you guys get beer in me or two. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's what I like about Quiet Light is you can be very confident with Quiet Light if they're representing it. It's most likely not a scam. That's good to know. That's a good selection, guys. This has 7.5 million page views in the last 12 months. Is that a lot? That's a lot. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's like 750,000 a month. You know, that's three quarters wow. of a million a month. That, that's, now, here's the thing that I would immediately say. It's not that many because that's page views. What I would immediately want to know mm-hmm. is how many sessions, um, like how many people that is, deduplicated human beings. Um, because if this were, and there could be pros and cons, because if this were 750,000 page views and 750,000 sessions, that means your average user is looking at one page and then bouncing. That's an indicator of a pretty low quality site, mm-hmm. right? Um, now, at the same time, this is a larger total addressable market for ads. So unsophisticated ad buyers might pay you more just based on the number of sessions. Um, if you had, say, 750,000 page views a month, but 100,000 sessions, that would be an indicator of a really engaging site, seven pages per session, and probably high quality content, probably ranking very well, et cetera, because bounce rate is a, is a ranking factor for Google. So like every website on the internet has Google Analytics installed on it. What you don't think about is Google Analytics is owned by Google search. So all of that Google Analytics data is being piped back into the Google search ranking algorithm. So if people come to your website, stay for five seconds and click the back button, Google search knows that and it's going to derank you. Mm-hmm. So how does this site make money? They just display ads? Pretty much. I would assume. I mean, they, they didn't say that they have any like membership or like content, you know, anything like that. Sponsor, right? They say there's Sponsor a little content. bit of sponsored content. But it seems like if it's right, if it's not that and it's they don't mention affiliate. So like to me, sponsored and affiliate, it's worth kind of splitting hairs. Sponsored is, you know, and I I had an old client who it was in this case and they were a food blog and like uh, Silk came to them and was rolling out their own almond milk. And they were like, hey, we want you to put these into your recipes and just kind of like name drop and like have, you know, have the container like there in your photos. Um, that would be sponsored content. Like, you know, this recipe is brought to you by Silk. Affiliates is, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, put links in the description to go buy the blender or, you know, to go buy this like incredible spatula and, then you click on Amazon or you click somewhere else and I'm getting a kickback just based on that affiliate relationship where I refer traffic to them, which kind of the cool thing about affiliate, Bill, you're going to know way more about this than I do, but doesn't Amazon pay you for everything that you put in your cart, not just that one item? Like there's some parameters, right? But yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the cool thing about the Amazon affiliate program. There are other not good, cool things about the Amazon affiliate program. <laughs> the cool thing about the Amazon affiliate program is that, you know, if you, if you're reading my blog about, you know, bumper stickers or whatever, yes. and you click through and you add a two, like if you click on my bumper sticker link, view the page on Amazon for the bumper sticker I was talking about and don't buy it, but you have a thousand dollar espresso machine yeah. in your cart. <laughs> If yeah. you buy it in the next 48 hours, I'm going to get credit for affiliate for referring that sale. It's amazing. I don't think they're really doing that, which is hard to do if you are just like, if this is recipes, right? Which most food blogs are recipe related. It's very, very hard to sell hardware, you know, unless you're like, look at my great, you know, mixing bowls, you should go buy them. But I don't, it doesn't seem like they're, they're capturing that. This is just, we have good recipes 
Uh, it's maybe Israeli inspired because that's where this person is from. And, you know, they get traffic and they sell based on those, those eyeballs. Yep. You can sell ads on the site and very, very often the best one run ones of these, especially in kind of recipes and cooking, uh, are very often personality centric. So they have a great Instagram account to go with them. So you can sell sponsored content on the Instagram account, on the website, on the email list, and it becomes more of like a media property rather than just a blog, the best ones. Um, and that sponsored content, by the way, is where a lot of this is going um, because you know consumers are very, very aware of the affiliate game. Um, and you know the, the end state of any affiliate site is, is like the here are the 10 best bumper stickers for 2023 right everybody's seen that like and it's so obviously affiliate and like they're not actually doing any real work and reviewing it right um yeah so you have to do that or you have to be consumer reports where you like actually have to pay to see it yeah you buy the stuff they test it it's rigorous they're like showing you videos but there's a paywall to get to the info exactly so like affiliate marketing is basically ruined the internet um because all the free stuff is totally affiliate driven, right? And it's all, and what will rank number one, by the way, when you're running an affiliate site, you would be a fool not to rank number one, the product that sells the most, not the best one, like maybe the, the cheap, the one that gets the highest conversion rate, right. And drives the most affiliate commissions. That's number one. And by the way, it's a very common tactic where you go, like, let's say we have, you know, a dog supplement, you go to whoever ranks number one for best hip and joint dog supplement. And it's going to be the top 10 dog self, hip and joint dog supplements of 2023. You email them if they're Amazon affiliate and you go, uh, okay, I want to be number one every month. Send me your Amazon affiliate report and I'll match it. But you got to make uh-huh. me number one. Uh-huh. Right. So like it's all bought and paid for like any of those top 10 sites, like do not trust them. Uh, so affiliate marketing are in the internet. So what is happening next is this sponsor content wave, right? Where it's like, you, the dog supplement brand in this case, would pay for the whole article, right? And it's going to be about like why glucosamine is really important in dog supplements. But like at the bottom, there's a very strong recommendation for our brand of supplement that has glucosamine in it. Yeah. So sponsor content and just what like what you described silk in this case, like silk almond milk, this recipe brought to you by silk almond milk, like that is where it is going. Is this whole thing you're describing just a, a bull case for Amazon? I was like, why, do, why don't I trust things I Google like on the internet very much in terms of like buyer's guides? Like I don't trust any of them. Like I go, I go try to figure out which of the Amazon rankings are fake. They're all <laughs> fake, Michael. Do you want my rant on fake Amazon reviews next? <laughs> oh, please, please hold on. Let me click record here for the clip of the week. All right, they're, go ahead, Bill. They're all fake. The clip of the Everything. week was affiliate marketing killed the internet. So. Affiliate marketing completely killed the internet. It's, I mean, you guys see every, every SERP is the top 10 whatevers of whatever year you're in. It's terrible. The Amazon reviews are all bought and paid for as well. It is a complete war on Amazon with trivial amount of looking. You can find someone who will drive hundreds of Amazon reviews to your listing from different IP addresses all around the world. Uh, They will, there's all of these, which are scams, but are review manipulation where there are private Facebook groups where you can go in the Facebook group. You can be like, do you want a free dog supplement? You know, the first 400 people that buy it and send me your receipt, I will PayPal you a reimbursement because what you need is the verified purchase on Amazon in order for the review to stick. 
So you need a verified purchase and then you got to leave a review. Email me a copy of your receipt and your five-star review and I will refund you the purchase price plus $20. Uh And there's these whole schemes that go on in private Facebook groups. And in fact, recently Amazon infiltrated some of them. The FTC sued some brands who were doing this, which was awesome and needs to keep happening. Uh, But it is review fraud is rampant. Oh, by the way, the other thing you can do uh, and this is so frustrating because people have done this to our brands on discontinued SKUs. So like we have SKUs that had a whole bunch of uh, reviews. So what will happen is someone will start selling a, a bumper sticker or a garlic press or mixing bowls or whatever, and they will basically edit the old listing of the products not for sale anymore, but has hundreds or thousands of five-star reviews and just change all the pictures and change the title and change it into from an ad for a dog supplement into an ad for a mixing bowl. And then all the review and you're reading, you're like, why does this five star review for a mixing bowl talk about how it really helped their dog's hips? Right. I'm sure this like happens to you guys. If you're ever seen this on Amazon, you're reading the reviews. You're like, these reviews are not about this product. Uh huh. Right. But they're squatting on the on the old reviews. They've totally edited the page. So you can't trust any reviews on Amazon either. Wow. All right, Bill, you mentioned uh, Instagram. They don't they don't say anything about Instagram. They say Facebook and Pinterest, which kind of adds to my suspicion that this is a little bit maybe it's a little bit stale, you know, they had a following early on and they haven't really migrated it to other platforms. And it's just kind of a, you know, a lifestyle business that is, you know, taking over their life. Maybe. I mean, the other thing that, I mean, there could be pros and cons. The other thing that could mean is it's not a personality driven brand, which on one hand you can limit your growth, right? Because you're not going to grow a huge cult of personality on Instagram or something. On the other hand, it means this business is probably much more transferable. Because, yeah. you know, you, you buy the business from, you know, Kim Kardashian and she's suddenly no longer posing your Instagram ads, you have a problem. Um, so those businesses we've talked about on the past in the pod are difficult to transition celebrity based or, or personality based or influencer based businesses. So maybe this is not that, which could be good. So one of the things that you and I've talked about a ton is these amazing online businesses that have so much traffic and so many Instagram followers, like in this case, it's not Instagram followers, but they've got all the right ingredients but they are just grossly under monetized based on the following that they have. And you have a lot of experience in this, but it's always interesting to me to just go, okay, what, what could you do, you know, with an audience this size, 4,800 email subscribers is not a ton, but based on just their traffic, I think in my mind, it's similar to what you said, which is it's impossible to, you know, it's one of the hardest things in the world to migrate a business from Amazon to your own.com. To me, if you've been largely like a recipe, you know, ad driven, which is why their revenue is so low, but also why their margins are so high, they're not, you know, making anything other than content. Is it also that difficult to transition this business to um, some kind of product oriented? You and I've talked about a bunch of them offline where I, I, I get, you know, outreach from people and they're like, hey, what is this thing worth? And it's like, oh, uh, you do have like, you know, a million Instagram followers, but you just can't make money off of it. Yeah, it. So it depends entirely on what the traffic is. I'll give you an example. We used to own a laundry detergent brand and our top ranking page on the website is we had written years ago, a blog article on how to get uh, grease out of blue jeans, um, you know, for whatever reason. Right. And it, it, it just got a ton of traffic. It ranked really well. But the problem was the way you got grease out of blue jeans was not laundry detergent. 
<laughs> so <laughs> we didn't have a product. So we basically couldn't monetize. We had all this traffic and we couldn't monetize it with the products that our brand had. Now, what we could have tried to do is launch a blue, blue jean degreaser product, right? And associate it. But it's re- you got to understand where this traffic is coming from to see if it is how it is monetizable. And that traffic that we had was not very monetizable without launching a new product for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've seen, I mean, I've seen some of these folks, you know, basically begin to like white label and contract manufacture certain things. Like if, you know, somebody I knew was doing this with um, their own, you know, super clean, like high end premium whey protein, you know, where they had all the content, they had all the, the eyeballs, they had all the subscribers and a massive email list, a lot bigger than this. And they just slowly started to put into their, it was recipe driven. They slowly started to put into their recipes you know, hey, here's a link to this product and we own it and we stand behind it. And it's, you know, super, you know, clean and, and green and organic and all these things. And they switched from a largely content business to a product business. Um, but that's a big transition and it's very, very hard to do. It's a great strategy. It's the strategy. Like that's the way it should be done. But it is not necessarily a buy this business and drop in products. Like it's not that easy, but that is absolutely the long term strategy. So who, who should buy this business? You should buy this business if you're very good at SEO. Um, I, I would, it depends a lot on the systems that are in place. If this business yeah. has great systems in place to create a whole bunch of new content and they've got, you know, they got like five Filipinos on staff full time, you know, that write good English and, you know, and all you got to do is basically, then there's a system for keyword research to figure out what keywords you got to rank for. You pipe those keywords over to the Filipino team who write all the content and then just get posted on the site. And if you're, if you've never done this before, then you should buy this business. If that system does not exist in this website and you've never done this before, you should definitely not buy this business. And this business should be bought by someone that owns another site that can use their engine to, and and that's these SEO sites get bought and traded between SEO guys all the time for exactly that reason. That's my red flag on this one. It's like, why are we the lucky buyer, right? Like it's, especially given, you know, how many of our friends we know are Yozik and the type that are buying this type of stuff all the time. Like, why have they all passed on it? Like, that's the first question I want to know. Uh, you know, what, why am I so fortunate here? Well, there's, there, uh, there's a thing in this space in sites that depend heavily on their Google rank for their survival. Um, there is a thing in this space. I'm not saying this happening here. It's a much older site. Um, which means it may not happen where you basically do a whole bunch of stuff that's against Google TOS and Google takes a while to catch you. And then you basically sell the site before you get caught. And then the new guy, eventually the algorithm catches them and they get deranked aggressively. But the first guys have already monetized and are gone with your money. I think there's also like what I've seen is kind of a, like an affinity or like a novelty buy where somebody is like, I love Israeli food. Let's just say these are Israeli food based recipes. They're like, I love this. This is like my passion. And, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a stay at home mom, but I love this and I need, you know, a a hobby or some way to spend my time and monetize it. And, and that's what they do. You know, they, there, there's so much affinity for it that they're like, the numbers don't really matter. They're not going to underwrite it as strictly. And they're not really thinking about SEO. They're just like, I love this audience. I love this you know, I'm, I'm already a user and I would love to pick this up and like carry the torch, you know, that is a recipe to get absolutely bug splattered. 
in this. Oh, industry. totally. I've, I've <laughs> seen it happen. I've literally seen it happen. And like the business shuts down, right? The people who buy it are like, oh, you know what? The personality didn't transfer. The kind of messaging didn't transfer. And then like within a couple of years, this amazing direct to consumer, you know, really high EBITDA margin business just completely shuts down. Well, it's, it's not just that. It's not just about voice. It's about like this business is not a write really good content business. If you build it, they will come. You can be obsessed with Israeli food and write the best Israeli content. But if nobody's searching for it, you're not going to make any money. So what this business is, is not a content creation business. This is a determine where the SEO volume is, the search volume is, and make content on those keywords. I don't care if you're interested in them at all, right? But make content for the high volume keywords, make it technically perfect, right? The, with the right keyword density and the right authority and all that stuff. So it ranks on the high traffic pages. It's surgical and technical and actually has nothing to do with Israeli food. It just happens to be about Israeli food. And if you don't understand that going into this business, you're going to get crushed. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, this, this SEO live or die by the SEO stuff. Like I learned that personally, like back 15 years ago, we had a business that was totally SEO dependent. And then we had a baby and we didn't pay attention to it as a family business, my wife and I, and we didn't pay attention to it for nine months. And then we came back and we had gotten bug splattered by like all these other folks that come in, spend all this money on SEO and the thing never recovered. Like we never got back to first or second rankings for some of the stuff. But by the way, while we were talking, I Googled, you know, Israeli baking blogs and like, it's all the stuff you're talking about, Bill. There's just like the SEO varmints are all in there, like putting all this spammy looking stuff in there. It's a, and by the way, no ads. That was one of the things I saw that was really interesting. For once I found a Google search that they're not putting ads on. So I don't know what's going on there. I uh, know what's going on but there. Yeah, Google will not that, put ads on SERPs that are not above a certain search volume. Ah, uh, there you go. Okay. Well, I learned something today. Uh, but yeah, that that's something I'd be really... I'd be really curious about this one is like, what's the trajectory of the site? And are you going to have to be trying to do a turnaround, which more power to you if you know how to do that. Like SEO, SEO, keeping it there is much easier than SEO, like changing the directions, just like a small business, it turns out. So taking a small business that's losing money and making it break even, that's one, that's one hard thing to do. Taking that business again and then causing it to make money and grow that's a, a, an order of magnitude harder. So like, yeah, that's why, that's why people like to buy businesses that are growing that are flat already uh, or are flat already rather than ones that are shrinking. Mm-hmm. Cool. So what do we think about the price on this one? Should, we, should you buy it for three times? Run away? I think it'll probably trade for maybe two to three times. I think this business will probably trade. The fact that it's older, uh, domain age matters a lot in SEO. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this business will trade. I don't, I don't know if they get full ask, but I don't probably trade. Seems like a tough one to find buyer business fit. To, I don't know if you've heard that phrase, Bill. Uh, I've heard that. I've heard that phrase. I actually think there's a ton of buyers who are fit for this because there are a ton of SEOs. SEOs as a person, as a title, as a job description. There are a ton of SEOs out there who have five sites in their portfolio and would love a sixth. And assuming this one is not a garbage one, it's probably perfect for that. Yeah. By the way, this will be, this is 100% one of the deals that somebody listens to the episode and then we get like four DMs. It's like, I looked at that one. Here's the three problems with it that don't show up in the teaser. <laughs> and uh, so I'm curious what they are. And this, by the way, this is like kind of publishing the wrong thing on the internet. Like for us, like we're guaranteed to find the answer because we just put it out there and somebody will tell us what the right answer That's right. We just say it's great. And people are like, well, actually not. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, Girdley, it turns out that Costa Rica Casino is a brothel. So nice episode, jerk. <laughs> so for those of you not 
not longtime listeners, last year we looked at a Costa Rican uh, casino for 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 our Christmas special. <laughs> when I describe this, it doesn't sound like <laughs> it, it claimed to be a, a restaurant and hotel and casino. And then somebody DM'd to me like a month later, like, oh, I listened to your episode. Yeah, that's a brothel. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, okay, so last question, uh, structuring. So like if you're going to buy this, it seems like one where some seller financing and earnout is definitely possible. I mean, I don't. It doesn't sound like this is a big capex business. I, I would be shocked if the owner doesn't completely own everything. Yeah. How, how would you guys think about structuring this? Honestly, I don't think this is going to trade with any of those any bells and whistles. I think I think it's going to be cheap enough. I mean, it's a small enough business, right? It's not a huge amount of money. It's a couple hundred grand. Um, I I think this will trade cash up front for a high twos multiple. Because Bill, you could basically you could basically get in and like maybe underwrite it off of like the long tail, you know, of of some of their content, like almost underwrite it as though you never publish a new piece of content. You know, what is yes. the what is the shelf life? And like it's fascinating to hear people who will buy content this way, like you know how to like the the YouTube video, like one of the most Google search things is like how to tie a tie, you know. And if you have like the top hit on that page, it's worth something in perpetuity as long as you don't screw it up. To me, this like if I was looking at it, I would almost have to treat it like a bond, not like a growth stock, you know, and just say you buy it for what you think like a discount to the residual cash flow will be over the next couple of years. And that's the only like safe bet here. That's the only margin of safety because you really I don't think you can like underwrite growing this unless you just absolutely know what you're doing, which I don't. So, there, yeah, there are people out there, though, that do like there are people who are SEOs and know exactly what to do with this. Um, and there's there's a whole section of diligence on like how to diligence a site and potential and and is it in Google's is it penalized on Google and it's never going to grow or there's a whole there's a whole category of diligence and if you're going to buy this site and you don't know anything about SEO you should absolutely hire and someone who can do SEO diligence and not try to do it yourself there's a bazillion things it would never even occur to you uh, on how to diligence yeah. this stuff yeah or pick of a different industry to be in <laughs> that's the or, other thing or that or that. <laughs> The thing about this that I just keep coming back to is it's so freaking competitive. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, we talk about this all the time. Like you want to get rich, pick the right game to play. Yeah. That's the, that's the number. It doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how lucky you are. Just go play the right game. And this definitely, unless you know what you're doing, sounds like a really hard game. Agreed. For comparison, I was just curious about their traffic. I know we're going to wrap up, but have you guys ever heard of Minimalist Baker? that website it's another food blog that i think is fairly well known but it's like all vegan i think it's like 10 you know something like five or 10 ingredients or less you can do it all in one bowl and like it's you know in under 20 minutes or something like that but i was just looking up some of their stats they're getting like 5.9 million views per month you know and they have like very explicit we do no sponsored content like we're totally above board and I think like the thing that that draws to mind for me is people have like really good BS radars. And if you try and migrate something that ha- was like all no BS to anything that is like, you know, affiliate sponsored, you're going to lose your audience really, really quick because they're going to be like, well, you know, clearly this is, you know, not on brand. This misses the voice. I just this scares me. It's interesting. I would I would like want to get the NDA if I knew anything about SEO. I'd want to get the NDA and just like understand more about how this business makes money. Um, but if you've made it this far, please 
take this episode or your favorite episode we've ever done, and that's our Ask for Our Audience, send it to a friend and say, hey, you should check this out if you liked it. And we would really appreciate it. And also reviews and subscriptions are very appreciated. The other thing you do is go take all of your devices and have them subscribed. We get we get like 50,000 downloads a month right now. I can tell you that, that at least a couple hundred are for me because I have all my devices subscribed to us. So everybody needs to do that as well because uh, downloads help uh, with getting us up on the ranking charts and more people seeing what we're doing. So thanks everybody for being here. We'll see you next week.